tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Adriana Demora. Hi. <laughs> and you have your four-legged friend with us. Yes. He's my ride or die with me all the time. So I mean, even at the time of an interview. <laughs> I mean, he is welcome here. He can soothe you. I mean, like, do I dare even ask how this season is going for you? Uh, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. Yes, it's been quite intense. I mean, we're kind of in the thick of it now, right? Yes. Listen, you're an OG. Like, where would you say season five ranks for you in terms of like your most in- enjoyable seasons and your least enjoyable? Um, well, I've enjoyed this season the most up to now, right? Uh, in many ways, I feel like I could show things that I've done before that I didn't talk about in the past, like my songs. And uh, so I was actually enjoying this season, I think, the most until this whole thing started to unravel. Yeah. Until this Bahama trip, this Bahamas trip from hell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, listen, you know, it's you and Julia went to the store, you know, the bodega, you know, everyone's now accusing you guys of witchcraft. You went, you gave out the stones, you know, Kiki and Gertie fell backwards and they hurt your foot. You know, they broke your foot. Like, let's just start there before we get into everything else that happens. Like when, you know, they fell on your foot and you hurt your foot and then everyone walks away, you know, like why, I guess right there, did no one believe that your foot was actually hurt? Like they just all kind of rolled their eyes. Yeah. That was kind of like upsetting to me that people just didn't, you know, care enough and uh, just walked away as if nothing, Um, you know, only Julia, of course, and 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 Nicole, you know, really concerned. And uh, I think that says a lot, doesn't it? Do you think there's like a double standard in this group? You know, like if someone else had hurt their foot or was, you know, having this, like, do you think that there would have been more sympathy? Yeah, there's definitely a double standard. I, I, I see that. And it depends who it is, uh, if it's convenient for them to 
you know, shower them with attention. They would do that. But to me, I felt like they, they you know, certain people didn't really care. Yes. Yeah. Well, even before everything that like ultimately happened, you know, it seemed like, you know, Alexia and Marisol, you guys just weren't on the same page during this trip. Like, was this, you know, did something even prior to the whole incident, which we're going to talk about, like, do you think this was like the culmination of like 10 years? Like, has this been building up with Marisol and Alexia for like the past 10 years when you guys have been off the air? Well, that's a good question because I never had any issues with them in the sense of I've never done anything to them in all these years of friendship. In my in my eyes, I've nothing but supportive. And uh, even when they drift away after we wrapped season three, you know, I stayed from a distance, but yet loyal to them and still consider them my good friends, right? Uh, and so that's um, that's a little bit to me surprising how they're coming for me this season because. I never really did anything to them, but I guess underneath, you know, the surface, there was more to it than I realized, you know? I mean, it seems like you can do no right in their eyes now. Yes. Whatever I do is never good enough. I apologize. I get down my knees. I apologize again and they won't let go of the bone, you know? And I feel like they're, they keep kicking me when I'm down. And I call them fair weather friends because when I was married on top of my game and I felt like they had something to take, then they were my friends. Now they feel like I'm less relevant. So then they can, it's, Julia said it really well. It's like the jungle's law. Let's attack the weaker and go for it with no remorse just because they can. Well, I was going to say, and why do they see you as weaker now? Just because, why? Because I don't have a husband, you know, because they feel like I'm just alone. And so, therefore, they feel like I'm more vulnerable, which I am in a way. You know, I went through a lot emotionally. So maybe I am feeling a little more vulnerable mentally. And, you know, so they they sense it. It's very predatorial, actually. I mean, you guys have been through so much, like divorces, breakups, like deaths of spouses, literally. You know, why do you think, I mean, are you shocked that now when you're down that this is happening from Alexia and Marisol? I'm very shocked, you know, because throughout, yes, throughout the years, I was was there for them, you know, Whatever it was, you know, I was there for them. And again, I never did anything to them. So I am shocked because why would they turn on me? I don't understand. And so obviously they have, you know, alternative motives, ulterior motives that, um, again, they see me weaker, vulnerable, and then let's attack, you know? Yes. So you did have this injury with your foot and you were trying to explain it. And, you know, Alexia mentioned, you know, it was an accident and you said, yes, I know, but accidents have consequences, as you know, with Frankie 
and we see what has happened next. So like what was going through your mind at that time when this statement came out? Well, I was very saddened by the whole twist of that. You know, I first of all, I first and foremost, you know, I understand that it was a bad analogy, right? I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have done it. And I regret it. And I'll take those words back if I could. Because my intention was the opposite. So if you look at the scene carefully, we started this scene with me thanking her, being grateful that we had such a nice moment in the boat when we were going there and everybody for a minute forgot to fight and everybody's dancing, singing. And it felt like a healing moment for the entire group. And whatever beef we had, you know, we put it aside for a minute for two, two minutes, 30 seconds of the song. So it felt so good. And even though I'm there with my foot throbbing and it's hot and, it, you know, I'm still trying to be part of the group. And so it felt like, wow, it's when you put in a lot of work and you have something out that makes people happy, then I felt happy and grateful. So I was thanking her. Like my state of mind was, well, thank you for liking the song. It means a lot to me, you know, because I put a lot of work into it. And and then she immediately twisted it. Instead of accepting my token of appreciation and gratitude, she immediately turned into a negative, right? So it's like, well, that's not the issue we have. It's not your song. So she, my mind now I see she was planning on twisting it. She was planning on twisting it all along. She was just waiting for the moment. And I felt like when I made that bad analogy, I just gave it to her on a silver platter. And then she just ran with it. Do you think if you didn't say this, there would have been something else like in this scene, so to speak? That If I hadn't said that, it would have been something else. She was just waiting for the moment. After you said it, like, you know, we say things and then they're out there. Like, what was your reaction? Like, once this came out? I was just very sad, you know, and, and very, like just very sad by the whole thing. Because again, I thought, you know, that I could patch things up, I could make things better, you know, come on, we've been friends forever. You know, I've never in 13 years of friendship, even recently when her son, Peter got, you know, criticized by getting in trouble and this and that, her own, you know, then husband, I mean, fiance, you know, called her out on her parenting. I never, never criticized her, never once uttered one word of judgment or disrespect. So to me, it makes no sense that knowing that, that she would twist it around and, and say, oh, how dare you? Because she knows deep down, I never, I never judge her for it. I never, you know, I would never say such thing. Because we weren't fighting. To me, in my mind, it was a moment of gratitude. It wasn't fighting, you know? I mean, you could understand why she's upset, though, right? Of course. I can understand why she's upset because, again, it was a bad analogy, right? But I apologized profusely at the time, like you're going to see in the next episode, and I apologize after that as well. And I feel like 
I stuck my foot in my mouth and I regret it. And I wish you, uh, what I was trying to reach with that bad analogy was empathy from her, especially because she has gone through such thing, you know, and I had gone through, I have gone through a lot of things too, that I was thinking nobody else should be more empathetic towards anyone than her because she went through so much. But instead, she just took it wrong. And I, I felt bad because I, my intention was never to hurt her. You know, my intention is never to talk about Frankie because I have nothing but love and sympathy for him. You know, he's a beautiful being and it doesn't make sense, you know, that she took it that way. But yet, I regret saying it, yeah. How like what was going on in the scene? Like, you know, because we all know how editing is. Like, when was your apology? Like, was that scene like hours? You know what I mean? Like, because we don't see that. I know how it's edited together. Like, when did you apologize? And like how long was this interaction between the two of you? Yeah, we were there for hours, you know. I tried apologizing just, you know, a few minutes after that happened. But she walked away and we have nothing to do with it, you know. And then so, you know, I tried to apologize a couple of times and she wouldn't let go of it and the bone pretty much. And then it makes me feel like, like I said, it was an intention there to create contention. And that was used because you needed to, you know, now I gave it to her something. It was almost like a whole game. I'm going to get you, like catch you game. That whole weekend started with when we gave the stones, you know, as a token of friendship and got twisted into, oh, Brazilians do witchcraft. And another sweeping generalization. You know, she had called Julia, you know, a good hooker because she was Russian. And now she was saying, you know, I'm a witch because Brazilians do witchcraft. So it's it's so much generalization and and it, it was like a game for her, like I'm gonna get you. And when I unfortunately used that bad analogy, it just gave her the munition she needed to attack me. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. You all might think I make it look easy running this podcast, but four years later, I can tell you it hasn't been. The hardest part for me, honestly, has been hiring good people. I either can't find people that are qualified to do all these jobs that I need, editing, producing, or I find someone that qualified and then they leave me. It's not me, is it? I don't think so. But listen, now I can actually look forward to hiring because I have Indeed. It's really changed my life. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So I don't have to spend like multiple hours on different job sites and looking for people with the right skills. I have no spare time if you haven't noticed. 
And what I love is their instant match. As soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of qualified candidates whose resumes on Indeed match my job description. So I can invite them all to apply in one place right away. Quick, quick, quick. That's how I need to work here, people. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, like here behind the velvet rope, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash velvet to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash velvet. Let me say it one more time. Indeed.com slash velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application, pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You think Alexia and or Marisol were like looking for something that weekend? Yep. They were looking for something. But you regret what you said, obviously. A thousand percent, I regret saying that because that was not the intention. I would never, you know, judge her or talk about Frankie, you know, for whom I only have love and, and, and sympathy. You know, it was never the intent. So you apologize, we saw on camera. And I mean, I imagine you apologize again. I'm just assuming. I've apologized many, many times on camera, off camera. And she keeps kicking me down. I'm pretty much begging on my knees, apologizing. And she keeps kicking me down, you know, kicking when I'm already down and acting as if she never said anything offensive to anyone, you know, without meaning it. And I felt like, well, if you're perfect, you know, you throw the first stone. And made me think of when she was shaming a trans woman at a pride event in which she was going to be, you know, uh, honored as a gay marshal. And before she goes up on stage, she's sitting downstairs, you know, telling her then fiance, oh, that's a man, that's a man. So she, again, she should understand because sometimes we say things that we don't mean right and they they might sound pretty offensive but you don't mean it you know you just say it sometimes without thinking when was this pride event it was last season season four and it the was one the one yeah. we saw okay yeah right and she said that's a man that's a man but it's not i mean when you're trans you're not a man if you're a woman but how insensitive is it, right? How would that, if we were to ask this woman, how would she feel by this comment, right? Somebody who has gone an entire life of transformation and surgeries and shame and, and like to overcome, you know, this body that she comes into this world and to become her real self, everything that she went through and someone just easily dismisses it and say, oh, that's a man. I mean, how offensive is that and insensitive? So I'm sure if we were to get the words from this woman, it wouldn't be very kind. But what I'm trying to say is I apologize so much and she doesn't take the apology and continues to, you know, kick me when I'm down. But is she perfect? You know, like I'm saying, like she has stuck her foot in her mouth, you know, time and time again. 
what has your off-camera apologies looked like? Is it text? Like, do you send emails, text? Like, what does that look like? Text, yeah. And and then, you know, that's another thing. Like, when I was scrolling down the text I had with her, every time we text, I was asked about Frankie, you know, like, happy that to see Frankie doing better. That was always my concern, you know? I mean, it doesn't even make sense the way she's spinning this, the way she's because she knows me and she knows me that 13 years of friendship, I never once did anything to her. And especially, especially not in that respect. But yet she's crucifying me and goes out to emotionally lynch me. I mean, I felt emotionally lynched, you know, that day and even later in that day. Um, because she wouldn't let go of the bone. Do you, what, and when you've texted her off air, like you've sent text and like, have they been responded to like negatively or just not at all? Like, what has the response been? Um, well, I think at the time she didn't respond. And then later I apologized again. And I said, thank you for you know, understanding that this is not the intention here. And she didn't respond, so. Do you think, like, because you said you alluded to, like, Marisol and Alexi were kind of looking for something that weekend. Do you think that, and I'm not coming for anyone, I'm just asking these questions, like, do you think that Alexia's outrage is based on anything more than just pure outrage because it involves Frankie like what I'm getting at is like do you think it's for the show like do you think it's like we're making a good show we're in season five we know how to do this like do you think it's exhaust like exaggerated for the show or do you think it's all well-founded I, I think this is a twofold situation I I believe obviously you know as a mother I can 100% you know understand her her feelings okay nothing is worse than something happening to your kid right I have a son and actually I saw my mother you know uh bury my brother and so I I, I know firsthand the despair of a mother losing a child or having something bad happen to that child and I would never in respect to that and because I understand that pain never do that you know to someone show no show right that so that's number thing so I I understand her pain and I I think she has unresolved issues and she has this rage just it's almost like bubbling underneath the surface and explodes at any moment's notice because she has this she resents the fact that what happened to her son rightfully so you know i'm sorry last kid it's okay it's okay he's like okay but, right but i think that so she has that rage inside of her because she feels something unfair happened to her son and to her and of course it was unfair and nobody wants that but at the same time she gets into this grief war right so it doesn't matter anyone's grief nobody's gonna win because she wins the grief war. I mean, she's she tells even Nicole, like it's all about winning for her. But even at this point, she still has to win. And that to me is so weird because 
we all have grief, we all have losses, and we don't have to compete who has the biggest, you know, pain, right? Like when she was, when I was shooting my music video and was in the boat with Gertie, and Gertie mentions the losing of, the passing of her brother and niece and nephew that were, you know, smashed into the debris of a hurricane. And Alexis said, I don't care because my son had a car accident. So that's a pretty insensitive comment towards Gertie. Does it mean that Gertie's pain is lesser than Alexia's pain? Does it mean that my pain is not comparable? But again, I lost my brother. I lost three people during COVID. I have to go through a divorce by myself while being in COVID isolation. So I'm not comparing and comparing is wrong because in grief, we all have it. And but we don't need to compete who wins with the biggest grief. Yeah. I take it you're not speaking to, I mean, she's not speaking to you at all, Alexia. I thought we, could, I mean, we were in a better place at one point, but um, things didn't get much better. And then when she comes out with this, you know, whole thing, manifesto, and so... Marisol said in this scene, you know, she's dead, she's dead, you know, she's dead in the water. Like, is it like if Alexia is not speaking to you, Marisol's not speaking to you? I mean, do they go hand what in hand? Marisol said, what Marisol meant is that I was going to feel the wrath of Alexia because Marisol has had received the wrath of Alexia a few times because Alexia used to be a lot kinder before like season one two three but now alexia is in this high where she can do no wrong and she's just going around scolding everybody you know like nikki gertie me you know julia i mean she just thinks she has to be right like when we were at her house for the lawyer luncheon you know even when she literally it was so wrong about saying I was going out with the married man and I you know proved to her over and over again and I said I really apologize now for slander what does she say slander 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 like you know she's 12 years old so the level of hubris and immaturity it's real with her she feels she's above it all you know well, this man who was we found out was not married because she didn't scroll down to the bottom. He didn't seem very happy in that one scene that we saw where everyone was kind of coming for him. I mean, I take it that you are no longer with him. And we saw on the show a little bit that you weren't. Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, like dating nowadays, you know, picking up the pieces after divorce and having been to be brave because, you know, dating nowadays, you have to be brave. And... So I find someone that likes me, has liked me for a while, finally, you know, start to date. And and right before that, the interaction with her, he had said, tell somebody when we walked up, you know, uh, Nicole's engagement party, he's like, you know, she doesn't know it, but I'm going to marry her one day. So he was really into me. And I, you know, was feeling happy to have someone that, you know, I could possibly have a relationship with. But all that was gone after you know what he she did to him right and 
he just didn't speak to me since he kind of ghosted me because I feel like even though he liked me, he didn't want to be part of this toxicity. And he told Nicole at that party off camera, I'm going to marry you one more day. Somebody else in the party. Yeah. Wow. And that scene really, that inquisition scene, that was it. He's like, I don't need this. I don't need these cameras. I don't need to be part of this. That was it. He never spoke to you again. Yeah, because we just had a conversation, one conversation after that. And he pretty much said, you know, I don't know if this is for me because your life is complicated in a sense. Um, Because I have to deal with this type of thing, right? With this type of women that will stop and nothing to slander someone. And he's a reputable doctor. His practice, you know, depends on his reputation. So obviously it's natural that his divorce, his two children, he pays alimony, he pays child support, his, you know, the way that he makes money, it's comes first, right? Then he can't jeopardize his entire practice and, you know, brand making abilities because of someone that remorselessly, you know, insults him and then tries to say he's the bad guy because he disrespected her. But in my book, I think respect is a two-way street and it's respect should be genderless. You can't, as a woman, insult a man and expect a man not to respond just because you're a woman. That's not how respect should work. Big change in my life, which you guys know. I'm now splitting my time between New York and LA and LA is a driving town, except I don't drive. So, you know, I'm taking Ubers everywhere. And I swear to you, this is not the place to complain, but these Uber drivers are so, why are we speeding up if the traffic light is going from yellow to red? And then we think we're going to make the light, but then you slam on the brakes. None of that matters because I have relief band. Before relief band, I used to get sick on a daily basis with a severe headache, not any more. Relief Band is the number one cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, even morning sickness. It's literally a band you wear on your wrist and you can change the intensity depending upon how you are feeling to make it stronger or weaker. So if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. Go to ReliefBand.com and use promo code VELVET to get 20% off plus free shipping. Head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use promo code VELVET for 20% off plus free shipping. And you really like this guy, obviously. I liked him. I liked him and I could see us together, you know? Like we had a lot in common. He's Brazilian and... um had two kids and uh, two sons and I could see my son and his sons and I could see you know us having something good together but I also feel like that was a threat because if I had that I would be in a more favorable position and they didn't want to see me strengthened by somebody right and this situation really caused this to end yes yeah, she ended that possibility for me by her behavior. Yeah. Wow. And you never run into him or, I mean, in Miami, it's just, it's really, there's no chance of this being salvaged. 
I doubt it because again, it's something that I'm still filming. I have to continue to film and I have to continue to film with them. And I don't think he will like to, again, jeopardize his practice and his reputation with people that are so remorseful and, and reckless in throwing out, you know, allegations and you have to prove and you prove again and again and it's still not good and it's still, you know, like being offensive. And then you try to spin it around and turn it around and blame the other person. Alexis is very smart and she's very cunning. So she's very good at turning it around and throw it on you. Very good at that. When you were on the couch during that scene, like you were on that couch and Lisa was with you, I mean, to me, like as a viewer, like you seemed like broken, you know, like broken down. Like, you know, you talked about like your divorce from Frederick, like raising your son alone. Like you said, the death of your brother. I mean, which, but like, you just seemed like broken down in that scene. I was, I was almost like having an emotional, uh, nervous breakdown because I felt... Nothing I did was right. They're out to get me. And I gave them a reason. You know, I stuck my foot in my mouth. The intention was the opposite, but I just felt like in despair that I just couldn't win. Whatever I did or say, you bring stones to wish them well. Oh, you're Brazilian, therefore you're doing witchcraft. You know, like you're trying to thank them for liking the song and saying thank you so much. Oh, well, you know, your analogy is disgusting and this and that, even though the meaning behind it wasn't so, but so I couldn't, I just couldn't win. I just couldn't win. And and they were dis totally dismissive of the things that I've been going through in the past few years since COVID hit us as a pandemic. Well, that's the thing. You also seem broken down, you know, and you said like, you know, these are not good friends. Like it seemed like you were coming to this realization that this friend group, maybe not everyone was such a good friend. What was surprising to me is that the new girls that I have a lot less history with were a lot more empathetic and there for me than they were, right? Because I believe that since we have so much history, we'll always be friends and we always have each other's back. But no, they were being the ones planting the, the slander and not apologizing for it and then coming for more. And, and then, yeah, they just turned on me. And I feel like it's because now instead of seeing my weakness and my vulnerability, Instead of uh, saying, hey, are you okay? What can I do? Oh no, let's just go ahead and you know kick her when she's down. Larsa said, you know, it's hard to get the, to know the real Adriana. We don't know Adriana. Like, do you feel guarded? And if so, maybe do you feel even more guarded now because of this experience when you're down and you realize no one is there really to support you i mean some of the new girls it seems yeah i feel pretty disappointed you know and i feel hurt by those insensitive comments and um larsa is pretty much repeating what they are saying you know larsa is just it's she's just uh you know that that was originally said by them and Alexia and then Larsa is just sided with that so because 
Larsa and I were getting to a better spot and we were doing well. And then that kind of like threw the whole thing out. Do you see this? I mean, it seems like you're on the outs, but does it really seem like to your point now, Larsa is with Alexia and Marisol, like, is there this divide between the OGs and the new girls with you and Julia maybe on an island by yourselves? No, there is a divide now, but the divide is pretty much um, Alexia, Marisol, and Larsa, me, Nicole, and Julia, and Gertie on the other side. Um, that's pretty much the divide right now. Right. Did you have a lot of contact like with Alexia Marisol, like during the hiatus between season and three and four the, to this 10 years that this was like, did you, were you guys really in each other's lives off and on? No, you know, they drifted apart, you know, after we wrapped season three, they did wrapped, you know, we did drift apart, you know, life goes on, I guess. And, um, but there were times where, you know, I would text, oh, I'm doing an event, you guys want to come or, you know, like reach out and they reach out to me a couple of times, but nothing consistent, really. The only consistent one was Lisa that, you know, stayed in touch and invited me to her every birthday she had, you know, every New Year's, every Halloween party. So Lisa was always the constant one. And I think that's why Lisa came when I was having my meltdown. And because not only she's going through a similar circumstance currently, right? Like the pain of a divorce and having to figure out everything by herself, understanding how hard that is. And also because Lisa was the only one that stayed through as a friend throughout the years. What about we saw in the episode, there was talk of like, oh, we're sitting at the cool girls table, you know, like you and Julia during the 50th birthday party, were sitting by yourselves. I know some other people were like floating back and forth. Like, is this group like the Mean Girls? I mean, we saw a movie called Mean Girls with Lindsay Lohan. Like, do you feel that this is like the Mean Girls group? At that moment, I did feel like I was in the scene of the Mean Girls movie. Yeah, because you're not cool enough to come sit in our table and Julia and I were the outcasts, the weirdos that weren't allowed to sit in the girl, cool girls, you know, table. Yeah. So if this is Mean Girls, who's who's the head of the plastics? Exactly. I assume you think it's Marisol and Alexia. I assume. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Oh yeah, they literally walk around, you know, the lobby saying, you know, we're the cool girls and uh, they can't get us or blah, 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 you know, just like being very so like juvenile about it all, you know, very mean and very juvenile. <laughs> and I, you know, so I bring out the stuff to surprise Julia for her 50th birthday party, bring it from Miami, like a suitcase of decorations and surprises and stuff. I'm so excited because it's 50th. And it's a big number and it should be a big celebration. But they didn't fight in their hearts to overcome their own, you know, um, emotions to kind of put it aside for a minute and celebrate Julia, you know. And that to me was sad because then Julia had such a sad, you know, 50th celebration. You know, it was heartbreaking. What does Lisa say about all of this? I mean, you know, she's known all of you for around the same amount of time. I mean, it seems like you kept in touch with her. Most. What does she say about all of this between what happened and the fallout of the Bahamas trip between you and Alexia and Marisol? 
Lisa tried intervening and trying to make help us come together and, and talk to them about it, but they just scolded Lisa, you know, and said, no, don't even go there. So they were not nice to Lisa either. What about Gertie and Nicole? I mean, they both had their own issues with Marisol and Alexia. I mean, they, what did they say about all of this? Well, they see the pattern, right? Um, they see the pattern, I know how they, how cunning and how they plot things under the table and then they come on the attack. And, and, and the unfair part of it all is the fact that we did not attack them. So they attacked me beginning of the season with this, you're going out with the married guy thing. All I was trying to do is to defend my my honor and you know not to be demoralized because I care what my son thinks about me and and to defend the guy's practice, you know, like reputation. They did the same to Nicole. You know, they stop at nothing when they turn on you. They will demoralize your entire persona, but also your career and no remorse. And so they have to attack and you cannot defend yourself because the minute you defend yourself, now they act like you're attacking them. And then they attack even stronger. So it's a very bully behavior. Alexia has become a bully. You know, she's just all about bullying this season. Do you think that is based on the show? You know, like last season was all about her. I mean, you know, some say it was her season. Like, do you think that show has anything to do with this? Yeah, I think that, I think she feels like she's losing ground and or relevance. So then this season, she doesn't have much to talk about. So then she made, you know, all these things. I mean, all these attacks thinking... Well, I'm, you know, maybe hoping that by making us look bad, she's going to look better, you know? Uh, yeah, I think she's feeling like she went down the packing order. And then she's now, you know, it's out fair, you know, in war, in, you know, they say in, in love and war. In love and war. Fair, right? So I think that's where she's at right now. She's fighting to maintain her pole position and... And she feels Nicole is picking up steam and she feels like Gertie's picking up steam and Julie's picking up steam and I'm picking up steam. So they're going to have to bring us down one way or another. Is that what it is? Like, okay, Nicole is, you know, becoming a fan favorite or whatnot. I'm just saying, you know, like kind of standing, you know, getting footing with the viewers. Like, is that what it is? Is that why they don't like Nicole, you think? Yeah, I think from the beginning, you know, they never welcomed Nicole in because Nicole was a threat of becoming, you know, a fan favorite. And God forbid, you know, instead of like saying this is this is a group, you know, effort. When we we good when we look the way I see it, like when we look good individually, we just make the whole group look better, you know, as a franchise. So for us to strengthen ourselves as a group, because our competition are other cities, right? At the end of the day. But instead of seeing that, they just want to mine from the inside and collapse a certain people within. So they maintain their relevance. 
um, I just find it very so, you know, unfair and and, and just disingenuous, you know. And yeah, I would say the competition is other cities, right? Like if you're all doing well, then it's a strong franchise and it's a franchise that's thriving while not all the other franchises are at the moment. Exactly. Miami is now, you know, taking lead on the favorite franchise, right? And instead of like saying, okay, you know, let's just do more together as a group. Everybody should have their A game individually and then bring us together, you know, no, we have to make people look bad because then they look better. It's just, it's just a, a childish game, you know. Nicole did an interview recently. I don't. It was either Entertainment Tonight or Watch What Happens, where she said, you know, Marisol is behind it all when it comes to Alexia. Like she said, you know, it's Marisol. She's the one pulling the puppet strings of Alexia. These are her words, not mine more or less do you agree with that well what does adriana think about this is it all marisol pulling the purse strings on all the drama that's been occurring on season five of rhom where is she today with larsa we talk you know they've had their differences we talk about larsa we talk more about alexia's statement that she released on her instagram adriana's own i mean this whole thing that she did say we get more into that we talk about the fact that she's no longer with this guy. Is she dating now? What can we expect as we head into the reunion? What can we expect as we head into season six? Seems we have a bunch of people that are not speaking. And, you know, filming, I have from a very reliable source, is going to start really soon. So we are just about to scratch the surface as we watch on this epic season five of RHOM. Stay tuned for part two of our chat with Adriana Demora coming very, very soon. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.